an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. This will be Authority Dominion, and this will be class number one. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come together once again as your body. We thank you for revelation knowledge that will come forth on what you put us here for, which was dominion and authority here on the earth. Father, we thank you that revelation would spring forth in our spirits, that our eyes would be opened, that blinders would be removed, that we can see you more and more clearly each and every day in our relationship with grow with you even more and more each and every day. I thank you for your word coming forth tonight and give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. All right, go to 1 Timothy chapter 6 tonight. We're going to talk about authority and dominion, which is very important to us and to God, especially as far as you living the kingdom kind of life that God wants you to live. Once you start living your kingdom kind of life, it's very easy to bring other people into the kingdom and bring them into your lifestyle because they'll see the joy, they'll see the victory. They'll see what's in your life, and everybody wants that in this world today. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 6, look at verse 12. Paul says, Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and has professed a good profession before many witnesses. Basically, we serve a God of integrity and truth. God's word is a contract to each and every one of us, and that contract will never be broken. God will never say one thing and his word and then do another thing. If he says he's going to help you, then you can count on him to follow through in that promise and help you. Here it tells you to fight the good fight of faith and to lay hold. Say lay hold. Lay hold. Now in order to lay hold, you have to know what he has promised to perform in your life. If you don't know what God has promised, if you don't know your rights in the kingdom, if you do not know the benefits that you got from entering the kingdom of God, then you cannot fight for them and contend for them if you do not know that they are yours. You must take up your word and you must fight the good fight of faith. In other words, if I found in his word that I am healed, then when a symptom comes, I can take up the word of God and fight to keep my healing because it already belongs to me in the kingdom of God. If the Bible says I am forgiven, then when guilt tries to enter my life, I can take the word of God and I can basically use the word of God to keep my victory in the things that I do. I can fight against guilt. I can fight against symptoms. The Bible says that he loves me unconditionally. So whenever I make a mistake, I'm not going to go into self-pity. I'm not going to slide off into God doesn't love me. Why? Because I have the word of God that he's already given me, and I can use that word to fight the good fight of faith in order to stay in my kingdom walk. Basically, whatever you allow, you get. Whatever you disallow, you don't. The Bible says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed on earth. So whatever you're allowing in your life that's not of God, you are the one allowing it because you're not taking up the word of God and the shield of faith and standing against what is coming against you in your life. The Bible calls this the good fight of faith. We are commanded to fight it. We are commanded to lay hold on our benefits, lay hold on our divine rights, and hold on to them in every situation. Now, how many know that your rights will be contended? Something's going to come to attack your healing. Something's going to come to attack your peace. Those are the time when you really need to fight the good fight of faith. Everybody can say the scripture and everybody can say, oh yeah, I fight the good fight of faith. But the question is, what do you do when the attack comes? That's the time that you stay in your position in the kingdom of God as someone who's healed, someone who's anointed, someone who's blessed, someone who's forgiven, and someone who's walking in the victory. If you know God's word then you have to fight the good fight of faith to see that word continually manifested in your life. All the promises of God, the Bible said, they are yes and they are amen. All right, go to John chapter 10. How many of this fight the good fight of faith is an every day, every hour thing? It's not a once a week on Wednesday, once a week on Sunday. It is an everyday thing. All right, John 10, look at verse 10. It says, the thief, now who's the thief? The devil. The The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. The devil would like to neutralize the power of God and the authority that you already have in your life. This is his job. He is no match for the word of God in your life. He's no match for the power of God on the inside of you. 
yet he would like to rob you from your benefits that Jesus already gave you. He wants to take your health, your wealth. He wants to take your peace, your joy, your authority that already belongs to you when you entered the kingdom of God. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So it is essential that you have a working knowledge of how to prevent the thief from stealing, the destroyer from destroyer, and also the murderer from murdering in your life. Now notice, this is not up to God, this is up to you. You are the one responsible to keep the devil out of your life. And Ephesians says, give the devil no place in your life. God is not in that verse. In other words, he's saying, I'm not going to keep the devil out of your life. I've given you authority and power, and in the kingdom of God you have all these things. Now you must keep the devil out of your life, out of your family, out of the people around you. Your working knowledge of the word of God is what allows you to fight the good fight of faith. Not just the Word of God, but the working knowledge of how to use that Word as a sword in your life. That is what will help you and get you to fight the good fight of faith. You must know, number one, that God is a God of integrity. Once you know the will of God, no one will be able to take from you what you have a revelation of. In other words, most of you in here have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're born again and you're on your way to heaven. Anybody can walk up to you off the street and say, you don't know if you're going to heaven or not. And of course, you respond, yes, I do. And they'll say, well, I think you're going to hell. And you'll say, well, no, you're, you're full of hell because I'm going to heaven, basically. How do you know that? Because you have a working knowledge of the word on salvation. You know you've been born again. You know that heaven is a benefit of entering the kingdom of God, and you can easily stand against something. Something like that. Well, your revelation of healing that you received, of joy that you received, of peace that you received can also become a revelation on the inside of you. So when contradiction comes from man or from the devil or from whoever, you'll be able to stand against that with the Word of God and stay in the position of victory that God has put you in. When the Word becomes your confidence, then there is nothing the devil can do to rob you anymore. You know God, you know His Word, His unshakable knowledge is the foundation for victory. Your your confidence in the Word of God will keep you on top at all times. All right, go to Psalm 107. I was telling Becky today, it was so good, I got to go out and I did a little shopping. Of course, I went to everybody's favorite Walmart today, went to some other places, and I told her it's so good just to be able to walk around with no fear and no anxiety, and you see everybody else spazzing out and just walk right in the place, and I, I try to talk to everybody that I see, even though they don't want you to. I mean, I'm, I'm saying hi to everybody. I can't tell if they smile back or they're scowling because they have a mask on, so I'm in good shape there, and basically it's, and then there was one worker who was working in the back, and, and believe it or not, I was looking for laundry detergent, and I looked up, and and there was toilet paper there. I think I heard the angels sing, but there was toilet paper there, so I got, got the six rolls of toilet paper equals 36 because they're the large, large rolls, and I start walking to the cash register just strutting along, and there's a Walmart worker walking behind me like this, and I turned right, and they turned right, and I turned left, and they turned left. Finally, I stopped and I said, are you after my toilet paper? And all at once you could see they smiled so big that you could see it through the mask that I said that. Well, what happens there? A little peace, a little joy spread to someone who's down and out and who's working there all the time actually had a chance to laugh. So praise God. All right, Psalm 107. Look at verse 20. Jesus says, He sent His word and He healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Notice God sent His word... And that word both healed us and it also delivered us. When God wants to get a job done, He simply sends you His word. The integrity of God is the integrity of the word that He has spoken. When sickness comes, when worry comes, when lack comes, God, and you say, oh, help me, God, help me, God, what He'll do is He'll send you His word to give you victory in that situation. I believe Jesus is calling the church and he's calling us as individuals to rise up and mean business with God on the Word of God. As a child of God, you can be dogmatic to claim what God has promised in his Word for you. You don't have to waver back and forth. You can become solid on the Word of God. If God didn't mean to do it, he would have never promised it to begin with. What he speaks, he will do. What he says, he will perform. If God says you're healed, then you are. If he says you're anointed, 
you are. If he says you're blessed, filled, a king and a priest, then that's who you are. You do not need faith to become these things. You need faith to keep laying hold on these things because you already are these things. In other words, you basically don't get in the kingdom of God, then try to obtain these things. These things, once again, are benefits from you entering the kingdom of God. As soon as you get born again, step in the kingdom, you become a priest. You become a new creation. You become a minister. You become whatever God wants you to become then. Now you're just holding on to basically what he's given you, and you're doing that through taking the word of God and standing on that word of God. All right, go to Proverbs 14. All right, Proverbs 14, look at verse 12. It says, There is a way which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Notice there is a right way, it seems to be a right way to Christians, but this can destroy their vision, can destroy and ruin their marriage, and cripple their finances. What way is that? Any way other than the Word of God way. It is the way of the enemy. It is the way of anything other than what God has spoken you to do in your life. It may seem right to a man. It may seem right because everybody else in the world is doing it, but it may end up destroying us. So what do we do it? Whenever we're locked into something that we think is right, we see the Word of God and we repent. We change our thoughts and our attitudes and the way that we're thinking because now there's a new kingdom here, a new way of doing things here in the kingdom of God. The devil will take advantage of anyone who does not know and contend for the integrity of the Word of God and do it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The devil is always on call with his demons and his lying spirits to try to come against your mind and convince you that you're something that God did not say that you were. But when you know who you are, like the song that we sing, when I know who I am, then the devil cannot come in and he cannot lie to you anymore. So you just stand on the Word of God. Don't get caught in feelings. Certainly don't get caught in emotions. Don't get caught what you can see in the natural. Just stay one place on the word of the living God. All right, go to First John chapter 3. All right, 1 John chapter 3, look at verse 19. It says, And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things. Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, then we have confidence towards God. The authority and dominion that God has given you will work only, not only when you just have a revelation, but also you are in obedience to the word of God. When you are in obedience to the word, the Bible calls that right living or righteous living. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness or my right alignment with him and all these things will be added unto you. Whenever you stepped out of righteousness or you stepped out of an agreement with God, first thing that will happen will your heart will condemn you. If you've been a Christian very long time and you make a boo-boo, you don't have to think about it for four days. You know that you made a boo-boo instantly. Something on the inside of you tells you that. If you're a believer, basically, and you don't walk in love, if you don't agree with the word, then the heart will condemn you in that area. When your own heart condemn you, it will rob you of your confidence and your boldness that you had on the word of God. Your authority will not work in the absence of faith and in confidence. So agreement with the word and faith is what fuels the authority and dominion that you have. Agreement, constantly agreeing with the word no matter what's going on, and faith is what fuels your authority. I've heard people say in some churches, well, we've been taught that we're all sinners. Well, God's word says that basically you're a new creation and you're saved. It says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ once we get born again. Now the question is, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe your denomination or the word? Are you going to believe the people you're running around with or the word of God? Your answer then will dictate the level of victory you experience in your life in righteous living. A child of God that believes they are a sinner will walk in their convictions. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
Well, how are you? Are you righteous? No, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I just got trouble with sin. I don't know why I got trouble with sin. I'm such a sinner, but I keep stumbling into sin. I don't know what the problem is. Well, I know what the problem is. First of all, it's your believer and it's your mouth because basically you're, you're claiming to be something that you're not and your body and your mind will follow that. So a person who thinks basically on sin and, and believe they are a sinner will find themselves entangled in lying and cheating and adultery and homosexuality and other things. Basically, it gives you a right to do what you're doing. Are you a sinner? Yes. Do you lie? Yes. Why? I'm a sinner. Do you cheat? Yes, I do. Why? Well, I'm a sinner. And all of a sinner sin. So you are actually expecting to do something that takes you out of your authority and out of your dominion simply because everybody in the world is doing it and because you've been taught that you are a sinner. That's why in this church, most of the time, I don't preach anything about sin or on sin or on sins in your life. Why? I don't want to reap the fruit. I figure you probably got enough in your own life without me speaking some into it and planting some more seeds for you. Are you following me? That's why we don't dwell on that too much. I want to dwell on who you are, and when you figure out who you are, you'll stop doing who you thought you were and become who you are, and you won't have a sin problem anymore. Hallelujah. I hope you got that down because I can't say it again. Praise God. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So a lot depends on what you believe. If God says you're a healed person and you say, no, I'm sick, well, then you're going to live in sickness. It's who do you believe? God says today you have power. God says you have dominion. God says you are a king and a priest. God says you have rulership. God says you have peace. The question is, who are you going to believe? Because whoever you believe, that authority will work if you're lined up with God in your life. God is not the author of your decisions, so he's not responsible for the result of the decisions that you make. Once again, God is not in control. You are in control. And you cannot blame God for allowing things into your life that you believed and prophesied in yourself and then want to turn around and blame God for what's in your life. If you choose to violate the Word of God and the integrity of the Word of God, you will end up with what you are believing. People believe a word basically that wasn't from God, and instead of the truth, then they choose a lie. But the problem is everything is a seed, and not only will the word bear fruit in your life, but also the seed of a lie will sooner or later bear fruit in your life. So if you claim, well, I'm a sinner, I can guarantee you, you're going to struggle with sin the rest of your life. I'm a worthless person, you're going to live as a worthless person. I can't do anything, trust me, you can't do anything. Why? Because it's what you believe. Now, when I line up with God and basically say, I am a king and a priest full of the power of God, what that does when I speak that in authority releases the power on the inside of me to live the way that I'm in agreement with God. So the ability or the anointings on the inside of me to allow me to live that way, basically. We used to say, a song that was called uh, Whose Report Do You Believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says I am healed. His report says I am filled. His report says I am free. His report says victory. Well, the Bible says you're a winner. The Bible says you're more than a conqueror. The Bible says you're a son of God. When you get in agreement with these things, you will maintain your authority over the thief and your confidence towards God. And when the devil comes, you'll simply speak it right in his face and he will instantly leave you in your life. All right, go to Matthew chapter 8. pretty good tonight. We may have to take up an offering. <laughs> All right, here's a look at authority, Matthew chapter 8, look at verse 5. It says, And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home. He is sick of the palsy and grievously tormented. Jesus said unto him, I will come and I will heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority. I have soldiers under me and I say to this man, go, and he goes. To another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west. They shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto you. And his servant was healed in that self-same hour. 
So here we see Jesus. He's uh, basically walking with a, to Capernaum. He runs into a centurion. The centurion tells Jesus that he has a servant at home who's very sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Notice what Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Notice Jesus always had time to heal someone. He never said healing is not for today. He never said it's all in the Father's time. When God wants to heal you, he will. He never said you need to suffer for God. He simply said, I will come and I will heal him. The centurion replied that you do not have to come to my house. He said, this is what I know. I have a hundred men under me. If I say to this one, go, he goes. If I tell another one to come, he comes. If I tell one to do this, he does it. Notice this centurion knew about authority. He had a hundred men under him, and his command basically made them do whatever needed to be done. But the centurion here was also under authority at the same time. So the centurion's authority would stop working the moment he refused to obey the authority that was over him. Your authority will stop in the same way when you deviate from God's word and God's command. When you say no to the word of God in any area of your life, you give place for your enemy to hit that area of your life. When you disagree with and come out of alignment with the word, your authority will no longer work in your life. Authority will not operate when a person is not under authority. That's why your authority is God's word. As long as you stay under the authority of God's word, your authority will work in every situation in your life over every demon, over every natural thing, over every feeling, and over every emotion. But you have to stay in alignment with God's word. When a child of God violates the word of God, the first thing that will happen is basically fear and worry will penetrate into your heart. Your confidence will start to leave you. You'll no longer speak as boldly as you did two weeks ago. Two weeks ago when you just got out of Sunday sermon and basically you were all fired up because you just heard the word of God and you were looking for a devil to fight. Well, now Monday came, Tuesday came, Wednesday came, Thursday came, Friday came, and all at once that confidence is no longer there because he's not been in the word, and now you've got an alignment with God. So basically your God-given authority will not work. There's other things. Let's just look at, go to Mark chapter 11 quick. We're going to come back there to Matthew. Mark chapter 11, look at verse 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever, are you a whosoever? Shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea. Now he's talking about authority. And shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say unto you, now how many know he's talking to you? What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And everybody loves those scriptures. Praise God. I'm going to move every mountain. I'm going to use my authority. But then verse 25, it says, and when you stand praying, forgive. If you have all against that, and that your Father also, which in heaven, may forgive the trespasses. Sometimes we pick out the part of the verse that we basically want. But notice, Jesus instructed his disciples on how to talk to a mountain and get results, whatever that mountain may be in your life. He also said, when you stand praying or commanding, you need to forgive. Now, why did he include forgiveness in his mountain-moving instruction? Because people fail to receive from God because they have not forgiven other people and have unforgiveness in their heart. You will not see your authority work. You will not see your prayers answered if you're living outside the Word of God in unforgiveness. It won't matter how loud you shout at the devil. It doesn't matter if you scream, get mad, angry, jump up and down, or use the name of Jesus a hundred times. The mountain will not move if you're walking in unforgiveness. When a Christian violates this law of God, there is a break in the anointing or the communication with God. Basically, there is a connection problem with you and the authority of heaven itself. If someone steps outside the will of God and violates the word of God, the authority connection will be damaged and will not work. So what do I do if I step out and violate? The Bible says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and then to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So most new Christians, when they find this scripture and they make a mistake, they confess and they, they confess their sin and they say, you're faithful and just to forgive me my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And two seconds later, you know what happens? The devil comes along and says, he didn't forgive you. What you did was really bad. He ain't even ever seen that before. That was a sin that God can't even deal with at this point. So what do you do? You confess it again 
and he hope he's faithful and just, and here comes his, no, he didn't forgive you. So you confess, and he comes, and he confessed, and two weeks later, you're still, I just, I was so terrible what I did. What's the devil do? He doesn't even want you when you act on the word to believe in the results that you get. But that's God's word. How many know he doesn't lie? So if I confess my sin, I don't care how big a blunder it was to me. If I confess my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me my sin and cleanse me from what? All unrighteousness. That's it. End of discussion right there. But the devil don't want to stop talking. He'll keep talking and talking. So people are walking around in guilt simply because they don't believe in the forgiveness of God. But it's there and it's part of Scripture. All right, go back to Matthew chapter 8 where we were. I'll tell you, when you start out in ministry, before you preach, the devil comes and tells you you ain't got nothing to say. You're going to choke. Uh, you're going to have the worst sermon you ever gave in your life, and nobody's going to like it anyway, and half the people are going to get up and leave. So you get up there scared, and then you get started, and the anointing jumps on you, and priest says, oh, that's right, bless God. I knew it all along when you didn't. I knew it all along. This was going to be good. And then you get done with your sermon, and you're all happy, and about 10 minutes later, boy, you screwed that up. You should have said this and that. Look in your notes. You missed this and that and this and that and this and that. You are the dumbest thing I ever seen. <laughs> Because the devil won't leave you alone if you'll placate him. You understand? If you just say, shut up, get out of here, that's what God brought forth in me, and that's it, you won't hear any more words from him. But if you get along with him, well, what else should I have said? Oh, maybe I'll underline it and say it next week. Maybe I can redo the sermon the second time. It doesn't matter what you're doing, whether you're singing, whether you're dancing, whatever you're doing, the devil will come and he will challenge what you're doing. All right, Matthew chapter 8, back to verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you that I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Now notice, Jesus didn't even find faith here. What did he find? He found great faith. So Jesus is looking for faith. He's looking for people in agreement with him. He's looking for people who want to lay hold on the word of God. The centurion faith astonished Jesus. What made Jesus marvel? His great faith. Now notice, what was his faith in? Was it in healing? No. Was it in joy? No. Was his great faith in peace? No. His great faith was in the authority that he had over these situations and circumstances. So great faith to, to Jesus is not just your faith for healing, not just your faith for deliverance, but if you can get faith in the authority that God has given me, then you won't need much faith in healing because you know that that belongs to you and you can take authority over that thing and run it right out of your life. See, we try to have faith in everything in the world, but great faith is faith in the dominion that you got because that'll solve 99% of your problems, basically. Hallelujah. So great faith was in authority. Say great faith is in my authority. So the centurion asked Jesus to speak the word only. Now why do you think he said that? Because he knew the spoken word out of somebody with authority was going to get the job done. He was convinced of it. He understood authority and military commands. Now this centurion, how many know he wasn't saved? How many know Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet? No. So how much more should a child of God now who's filled with the Holy Ghost receive from God through the authority of the Word, basically, because he's now born again? And then he says, many shall come from the east, many shall come from the west, and sit down to eat and bypass you. So what did Jesus do? He spoke of people that would come from the east, some from the west, but they would pass up the people who God had chosen to walk in this kind of life. Those people would sit with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and the children of the kingdom, the ones called to believe the promise instead will wail, weep, and gnash their teeth. So when the centurion basically, who wasn't even born again, wasn't filled with the Spirit, said, speak the word only, he forever delivered a testimony to anyone that your authority will work in your life. If you will simply in every situation speak the word only in the authority of the kingdom of God, you will live in victory in every single area of your life. Everyone can believe the integrity of the Word of God. It doesn't matter if you're white, doesn't matter if you're black, doesn't matter if you're young, doesn't matter if you're old, don't even matter if you're rich or poor. If you believe the integrity of the Word of God, it'll work for you wherever you're at. Everyone who understands the chain of command and the operation of divine authority will see God results in their life. If you understand the chain of command, the Word of God, you, then everything under you, and the operation of divine authority, which you release in agreement with God's Word, you will start to see God results in your life. Speak the Word only. Notice, your foundation must be the Word of God. Your, your integrity must be in the Word of God. It can't be in your bank account. 
It can't be in your feelings. It can't be in your emotions. It can't be in your youth. Because your bank account may go by the wayside. Your youth is definitely going to go by the wayside. And some other things are going to go by the wayside. But as long as you're believing the Word of God, how many know the Word of God never changes? All right, go to James chapter 2. All right, James chapter 2, look at verse 17. It says, Even so faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you thy faith by my works. Thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe, and they tremble. So notice, here it says, basically, not only believing the word of God is important to you, but basically, Acting on the word that you believe is what brings revelation to you. Faith basically acts. The more you act on the word of God in a situation that contradicts the word of God, the more revelation of that word will come to you. You can have a library full of books. You can have a million books. You can have a bunch of notes. You can have a bunch of sermons. But until you start acting on the word that you believe, it will never, ever become real to you. I had to learn this in the area of healing. Why? Because I was healed. When? When I didn't have a symptom. When were you sick? When you had a symptom. And then when I was healed, I was healed again. And I was healed, then I was sick. And then I was healed, and then I was sick. And finally I had to decide if the Bible says I'm healed, then bless God, it's the integrity of God that I'm healed, and I'm going to live healed whether I'm not or not. So the next time a symptom come, I just said, I'm healed. Did it sound stupid? Yes. Did it sound ridiculous? Yes. My mind was arguing. My body was arguing. My feelings were arguing. My emotions were arguing. Everything was arguing. But that does not discount the Word of God. So basically, I want to stay under my authority. No, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Jesus himself bore my sicknesses and carried my diseases. Was the pain still there? Yes. Was the symptom still there? Yes. And what did I do? I said it again. And I woke up the next day and I said it again. And I woke up the next day and I said it again. Why? I was not going to give up my authority in that situation by getting out of agreement with the Word of God. So I stayed in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Whether it's prosperity, no matter what it is, the peace of God is a good way to start. If you start getting all, no, I have the peace of God, praise God. I live in peace. I have divine peace. My mind's on God all the time that I have peace. I never worry. I roll all my cares on to him because he cares for me, praise God. I don't have worry. People come all the time, but as a pastor, you're going through this, this thing now and you can't even have church. Uh, aren't you worried about that? I ain't got time to worry. No, it's not my worry to begin with. It's his worry, praise God. Don't worry about it. Worry just wastes your time. It wastes your life. It wastes your energy. It wastes everything in your life. You don't have to do that. And God never said, thou shall worry in these situations. If he did, then you could stay in agreement with him. But he never said that. He said, do not worry, do not fear. So basically, I want to stand on God's word. And when I do, it allows the authority to speak to that spirit of fear, authority to speak to that worry in my life because I'm still in agreement with God. So then I want to act on the word of God. And when I act on the word of God, then basically I get results. Remember when the disciples were in the boat. Oh, these guys, I mean, they were, they were getting, how many know they might have been getting good teaching? I mean, they're with Jesus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. He's preaching about faith. He's preaching about the power of God. He's preaching about authority. And a storm comes up, and the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, we're going to die. Now, how many know they didn't quite get it yet? And Jesus has been teaching them all along. But notice, Jesus didn't get out of line and said, you're right. We are all going to die, every one of us. And I'm called to preach and teach and go to the cross, yet I'm going to drown instead. The Bible's going to say, thou was drowned when thou should have went to the cross. No, he didn't agree. He stayed in agreement in a situation where he had opportunity not to stay in agreement. Simply stood up, used his authority, said, peace be still. Everything got calm. They sat down. And you know what the disciples said? What manner of man is this? we never seen anything like this before. But notice, what was he doing? He was showing them how to operate as a kingdom person with authority in a high-stress situation to stay in line with God's word and continue to speak God's word, and you'll come out on the other side of victory every single time, no matter what it is in your life. No matter what the situation is in your life, you will come out in victory if you stay under the word of God and do not violate the word of God. And sometimes you may have tried the word of God already, especially people who have been in the church a long time. Maybe they tried to live in divine health or tried to live in finances and it just hasn't worked out, well, don't give up just because it didn't work. In other words, find out where I missed it. Because I can tell you right now, he didn't. 
So if you're involved and God's involved and it ain't working, trust me, it's not going to be God that you've got to go to and say, hey, you need to repent. You're messing something up here. It's you that need to do that. But according to the Bible, your authority should work every single time in your life. So if it's not working, God, where am I missing it? Where am I out of alignment? Where is there unforgiveness? Where is this? Where is it not working in my... It's just like the light switch. When I came in tonight, it was dark. I threw the light switch. How many know the light came on? How many know if it didn't come on, I wouldn't have said, well, light just doesn't work. I tried that light stuff and it don't work, so I'm just going to throw my light switch down and I'm not going to use it anymore. We're just going to live in the dark. No, you'd find out what the problem was. It's the same way with the Word of God. Maybe you didn't receive it right when they were preaching. Maybe the preacher didn't preach it right. So forgive him. Whatever it is, continue to go forward because this Word works every single time if you put it to work. If it doesn't work, then something's off someplace along the line. Maybe you're in violation of the Word. Maybe you're not believing the Word. Maybe you're believing the Word but talking everything but the Word. I mean, you know, whatever you believe, with abundance in your heart, your mouth's going to speak. Do you believe in, do you believe in divine health? Yeah. How you doing? Oh, I'm sick as a dog. It's just terrible. But I'm a believing. Well, no, you're not believing, see. You're not believing in prosperity. You're not believing in peace. Well, do you have peace and understanding? God gave it to me, but I'll tell you, it's been a rough week. This has just been horrible. Everything's gone bad in my life, and it just ain't going to get any better. I know it ain't, but please, God, I'm a believing for the peace that I got. No, you're not believing for the peace you got. You're believing for against the peace, but you want to sound spiritual, so I believe in God. Well, it don't work that way, and you've got to detect. Everybody in their own life's got their own little own little detector in there, and you know when you're speaking the word and you're really speaking the word or where you're trying to speak the word because it's, there's nothing there, do you see? So it's all part of staying in line with the word of God because circumstances are going to come, and if you ride the waves of circumstances, you're going to be up one day, and you're going to be down the next day, up and down and up and down, and somebody sees you, and oh, and the next day they see you, oh, and that'd be a good day to wear a mask, praise God. <laughs> all right, go back to Romans chapter 8. All right, Romans chapter 8, look at verse... Oh, no, Matthew 8, I'm sorry. That's where we were to begin with. Got to go back to the centurion. All right, Matthew chapter 8, look at verse 14. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother laid and sick with a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever did what? Notice, left her, and she arose and ministered unto them. And when the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and he healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Notice, Jesus is the living word of God. In other words, he is the word of God in action. When the Word of God walked into Peter's home, he touched his mother-in-law's hand, and she was instantly set free from the fever that was in her life. Now, you don't have to sit at home in your bedroom and pray that Jesus comes to visit you personally because Jesus was the living Word, but you have the living Word written down in the Bible right here. In other words, the Word of God can touch you when you believe the Word of God. The same way that worry comes on you, the Word of God in agreement with you can come out of you and get anything off of you that comes on you. So basically you can allow the Word of God to touch you. Have you ever been in a service sometime when you're sitting there and you're all involved and all once a word comes forth that just hits you like, like it's the only word you heard all day long out of the hour sermon and hits you and you start to get goosebumps. What happened? The word got in there to a place to where it brought a little revelation to you and the word actually touched you at that time. And maybe you were struggling with something. You said, oh my God, that's the answer. That's where I've been missing it. That's what, what happened. The word of God got in there and it touched you. When the word touches you, worries will leave you. When the word touches you, fears will leave you. When the word touches you, disappointments, unforgiveness, and all those things will leave your life because the Word of God will break them off of your life. And a lot of times in my life when I get in a situation where I'm like in a fog and I don't really know what's going on, I just get quiet for a little bit and I wait for the Word to come up from the inside of me. I mean, you know, the Holy Ghost is in you and He's supposed to remind you of those things that you put in. Well, in 15, 20 years, I have put in a lot of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff for him to pick out on the inside of me when I need it and bring it up to me. So I'll just sit there and not once the scripture will come up that I haven't looked at in months and it'll come up on the inside of me and say, 
man, that's it. I forgot all about that scripture. What happens? The word comes up. It touches me. I see the problem. I see the result. I see how to conquer that. And the word comes up. I use the word of God and it erases that thing from my life. So the word of God basically is there to set you free. Jesus is interested in every single part of your life. He's interested in your emotions, your feelings, your body, your mind, your spirit, everything. Jesus wants to be in charge of all of it. All right, look at verse 16. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his what? Notice, he cast out demonic spirits, and he did it with what? His word. So God's word is also God's will. If you know his word, you will know how to cast out a devil with that word. The word is alive. The Bible says it is powerful. When faith is mixed with the word in your mouth, it will release the power of heaven into the situation. There is power in your words. Say, there is power in my words. Now, it's imperative that you understand what God, once again, has promised you and given you. You must know who God is, and you must know what He's called you to do and what He's given you. Has He given you authority? Yes. Has He given you dominion? Yes. Has He healed and blessed you? Yes. Has He given you peace and joy? Yes. So basically, whenever evil things come around to talk me out of those things, I'm going to use my mouth to cast that spirit far away from me. The power is in the release of your mouth. Just don't think it. Just don't dream about it. Just don't write it down. You have to use your mouth to speak it. God's word in your words will enable you to enforce the will of God in your life. You will cast out spirits with your word. So the Word of God in you will move mountains. The Word of God in you will move fear. It will move worry. When you know your God and you know what He's already given you in the kingdom of God, you will use your faith to make sure that His will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. When you know the will of God and walk in it, the enemy will not be able to rob from you or your family anymore. You become a danger to the devil. You are full of the Word of God. You can cast the devil out with your word. You can change circumstances with the fruit of your lips because there is power in your mouth and you are in agreement with God's Word. All right, go to Matthew 28. All right, Matthew 28, look at verse 18. This is after Jesus is raised from the dead. Jesus came and spake unto the disciples. He said, all power, that word there is actually authority. All authority is given unto me in heaven and also in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. God has given us delegated authority. In other words, He's the one who delegated that authority into our lives. He has given us the ability to exercise dominion and to take authority over the power of the demonic realm. When Jesus rose from the dead, He had authority over two dimensions, it says here, that are entirely subject to His influence, heaven and also earth. Jesus needed to come down and get authority back for man because Adam had handed his God-ordained authority over the demonic realm. The enemy then perverted it, and he became the little G-O-D of this world. Jesus came to reverse the curse and redeem mankind and redeem you from destruction. To do this, he had to overcome death, hell, and the grave. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from all their destructions. Notice Jesus is not going to deliver you from the devil. He has already delivered you from the devil. He has already given you authority. He's not going to give you authority. He's already given you authority. He's not going to give you power in the future. You already have power on the inside of you. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians, Paul's prayer was that we get the revelation of the exceeding greatness of His power that is in us. And then he goes on to say, it's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. We have that power residing on the inside of us. Well, how am I going to get that power to operate? I'm going to have to come into agreement with what I have in me, and then I'll have faith to release the power that's on the inside of me. You walk around the rest of your life, say, God's got all the power. 
I wish I had power, but God's got all the power. Don't worry, you're never going to see any power because it comes by agreement in your life. If you don't believe you have authority, you'll never use the authority and you'll never take advantage of what he already gave you. All these things are possessions that we can take advantage of, not when we die and go to heaven, but right now at this time. So Jesus needed to come, get authority back. He went to the cross and he said, it is finished. Now what does he do? He sends his word to you. What for? Because he wants you to make sure you stay healed and delivered for what he did to you. You can now believe it. You can enforce it. You can fight the good fight of faith. One of the things the devil works at a lot and had in my life for a long time was something called the tenses. The tenses that you live in. Basically, you're either going to be healed, you might be healed, you are healed, or you were healed. And you don't want to were be healed because you want to be healed now. And you don't want to be healed in the future because you want to be healed now. So as long as you stay in the present tense, how many know God is a present tense God? He's not the God of back there and a God of up here. He's the I am, basically. So I had to come to a place where I am healed now. Not I'm sick and trying to get healed. Not I was healed yesterday, but now I'm sick today. But I am healed. As long as I stay in the I am, I'm in agreement with God. I am full of peace today. I don't care if I feel an ounce. I'm still in line with the Word of God. I am healed today. I am blessed today. I sure wish I was blessed today. I mean, no, that's not the right tense. So the devil will come and try to say, well, you could be, you know, you could be have some peace tomorrow. If you just do this and that, you might get a little peace tomorrow. You say, hoo hoo, I'm going to do that. I'm going to pray a little harder and faster and jump around. And No peace comes anyway because none of this stuff you can earn. As Christians, we want to earn it, don't we? Hallelujah. God, I went to church Wednesday this week. Haven't gone in a long time. And went on Sunday. And bless, you better bless me now. Bless God. Because I went twice. And he talked for a whole hour on Wednesday night. And he been talking for a long time on Sunday. And bless God, if anybody deserves to be healed, it's me. I mean, no, that's not the way it works. Hallelujah. Somebody can say, well, God's going to heal me because he loves me. He loves everybody. He doesn't heal you because he loves you, praise God. He loves everybody. Love is not it. Basically, if you're in agreement and you follow the laws of God, say, follow the laws of God. See, once you step outside the laws of God, you, you can't no more longer use your confession in your prayer. I told Becky today, if you're driving down the road going 100 miles an hour, you can say, I'm not going to get picked up. I'm not going to get picked up. In Jesus' name, I'm not going to get picked up. Well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get picked up because you broke the law, basically. And you can break the law and confess and pray all you want. It's not going to work for you unless you're still abiding in the law. That's for God has given us. So the law is very important in your life. So what am I going to do? I'm going to stay in line with the Word of God. All right, go to Revelations chapter 1. After a while, when you're around people a lot or around your spouse a lot, they'll be able to figure you out. Because, you know, sometimes I go and I'll play basketball and I'll be gone a couple hours and I'll come home and she said, how'd basketball go tonight? And I'll say, I'm getting tired of dominating in every single area. Dominate and rebounding, dominating and scoring, dominating. And basically she knows then that I stunk that night. See, I probably didn't have a very good night. But I come home and say those things. At least it makes me feel better. For a little bit, I think I did something, you know. But what am I doing? I'm speaking. I'm staying positive. I'm staying up. Hallelujah. All right, Revelation chapter 1. Look at verse 18. Jesus says, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell, and I have the keys of death. Once again, here Jesus settled the matter once and for all. He's the one who has the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He took that power and handed delegated authority over to the people or the children of God. He gave us power so that we can demonstrate his resurrection in the lives of other people. As you administer the word of God and rest in his integrity and truthfulness of his word, the results of the word will manifest around you. Your life will be a demonstration of the triumphance of Jesus Christ over the enemy. The devil is no match for the authority that Jesus has given you. The devil may try to get at you through sickness, through disease, through poverty, through circumstances. You have to know that you can cast out the devil with what? With your words. If you don't, you will allow the devil to stay with what? Your words. I mean, are you one that sneezes and say, man, I knew I was going to get it. Here it comes. I get it every year. If this is your practice, then you are not casting the devil out. You are not casting the sickness out. You are receiving into your body what you do not desire. Your words basically are the welcome mat that gives place to everything that knocks at the door of your life. 
Say that again, Pastor. I will. Your words are the welcome mat that gives place to everything that knocks at the door of your life. If something knocks at the door of your life that you don't want in your life, take the keys that he gave you and lock it out. Do not sit up all night worrying, uh, basically wondering, and can't sleep at all. Simply cast worry out with the Word of God. You cannot worry and praise God at the same time. Put the Word of God in your mouth. It does not matter what the devil is saying. If the devil says you're weak, you're probably strong. If he says you're sick, it's a good sign that you're probably healed. If he says that you are poor, that means you are rich. Your words will either allow or disallow the devil's nonsense in your life. Never talk your problems, sickness, lack, failures, circumstances, situations. People all the time I hear them. It's just the way I am. I'm just an angry person. That's what I've always been. Dad was angry. Grandpa was angry. And our just whole family's just a bunch of angry people. I mean, you know they're going to be angry people, and their kids are probably going to be angry people, and they'll be angry people 100 years from now. No, you need to change that, praise God. You're a new creation now. You have authority over that anger that your parents did not take, and you can take it and run it out of your mouth and keep it out of your kid's mouth at the same time. Jesus cast out spirits by using his words. God has placed authority and power in the spoken word of God. Put the word of God in your mouth at all times, and it will work for you. A lot of people think they have faith basically because they're just believing something. But believing something is not faith unless it's believing God's word and what God has already said. You cannot believe that God heals and also God allows sickness in your life. It won't work. Basically, it's not faith to believe that God heals or does anything and then turns around and does the opposite. It is not faith to believe that God can. It's not faith to believe that God will. It's not faith to believe that God might. Now, faith is. When is it? Right now. So faith takes God at His word. It believes and enforces what God has said in their life. Faith will lay hold on the word of God at all times. It will lay hold in every situation. What you will do is you will fight the good fight of faith daily by using your agreement with the word and the authority and power that God has placed in your life. Hallelujah. Say, I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. I believe God's word. God says... I am blessed. So no matter what it looks like, I am blessed. God said, I'm healed. So I'm healed. God says that I have authority. So I have authority. God says I'm anointed. So I'm anointed. So anointed. Really anointed. Unbelievably anointed. I have the anointed. Energy. Strength. Peace. Joy of God Himself. Therefore, in my life, I choose to rule and to reign in every situation, in every circumstances, because God knows the way to go, and I'm following God's way. dynamic words, go to mytcbc.com. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. So remember to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you.